Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Stacy Keach will join us in our second hour. Stacy Keach, star of Titus, Lights Out, Man with a Plan, and Mickey Spillane's Mike Camber. Stacy's about to star as the creature in an original adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, produced by L.A. Theater Works, that will soon be broadcast on radio stations across the country and around the world. We'll tell you more about that when Stacey Keach joins us in our second hour. We'll be able to join us for that. In the meantime, we will begin this hour by welcoming Mr. Steve Stolyer. Steve has been a professional writer for print and for television for more than 30 years, providing material for Dick Cavett, as well as writing episodes of such shows as Murder, She Wrote and Simon and Simon. Steve Stolyer is also an accomplished voice artist. His credits include such animated specials as Frosty Returns, You're in the Super Bowl, Charlie Brown, and Snoopy's Reunion. Plus, he has written and produced documentaries on such diverse personages as John Lennon, the Marx Brothers, Elvis Presley, Shemp Howard, and Dr. Martin Luther King. Steve Stolyer began his career in the entertainment industry accidentally, kind of, sort of, in the early 1970s when a series of events led to a job as the personal secretary and archivist for the one, the only, Groucho Marx during the last three years of Groucho's life, a period during which time Steve Stoyer grew from being a starry-eyed fan to ultimately Groucho's protector during a drawn-out and tumultuous battle over control of the comedian's state. All that is chronicled in Steve's book, Raised Eyebrows, which, if you have not read it yet already, will tell you where to find it in just a second. But first, we began our conversation by telling Steve, I took a quick visit to your website uh, before I called you. Now, is the book still optioned and maybe going to be a movie made out of it? Yes, they're still aiming to have that happen by the end of the year. The thing that changed is that uh, that Rob Zombie isn't attached as director anymore, but yeah. the producers are still looking to get it made. Well, I doubt I'm the first person to tell you this, but uh, I... Know what it, you're going to say. And no, I mean, and, I, and I mean it, because, I mean, it, it's a great story. Thank you. It's a great story, and leave it to Cavett to really, you know, synthesize it in his introduction, but... You really do grow as the hero throughout the course of page one to page whatever. And that's just, I mean, not, not only is it a great read, but it really is a cinematic story. Well, it did occur to me, even while I was writing it, that it had certain echoes of my favorite year mm -hmm. and Sunset Boulevard and Ed Wood and different things where there's an, an impressionable young person dropped into this atmosphere with, with a venerable older hero, and uh, the Aaron Fleming is sort of the antagonist, <laughs> and I had to do a lot of growing up at a very young age uh, dealing with these larger-than-life personalities. But yes, I start out as this wide-eyed kid, you know, opening the door into Oz and everything shifting to Technicolor, and then gradually realizing uh, that things weren't exactly as they had appeared to me, but also as with the Oz analogy, most of it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, there were dark woods and uh, 
so forth, but it was a literal dream come true since I used to dream about meeting Groucho and it would be so vivid and tangible and then I would wake up and think, damn it, it was I could I could touch his hand and the cigar and it was all in my mind, I'm never gonna meet him. And I'm happy to have been proven wrong about that. And not only did you meet him, you, you got to know him as close as anybody else did during the last three years of his life, Steve. And there are many moments, especially in the second half of Raising Eyebrows, which is the name of Steve's book. Oh, Raised Eyebrows. I'm sorry, Raised Eyebrows. Raised Eyebrows, which is the name of Steve's book, folks. There are many moments for me as a reader where... In, in, in a way, there's a little bit of sadness because, you know... Well, I'm getting close to my hero as he's fading out. I'm yeah. dealing with the fact that he's had strokes that have, you know, diminished his powers to a degree and also dealing with the volatility of Aaron Fleming, who was in charge of his life in those last years. So there is some darkness and sadness. A lot of people who've had to deal with elderly relatives, either with uh, dementia or strokes or something, have said it reminded them of what it was like dealing with their grandfather or their father, that sort of thing. And it, and it was a, just an enormous growing experience for me to be dealing with these life and death situations in and around all of the funny and warm and rewarding stuff and meeting the people in his circle, uh, people who worked on his films and people like Mae West and Steve Allen and Jack Lemmon and Bob Hope and uh, S.J. Perelman. I mean, it was just a remarkable experience, and I never tired of it. And yes, I was right inside his house. I initially figured when I got the job I'd be working in some Wilshire Boulevard office building and maybe Groucho would come in once or twice a month to sign checks or pick something up. And it was like, no, no, you'll be working right in his house. You'll have your own room as your office. You could make your own hours. And it's like, and they're paying me for this? I get paid money to just immerse myself in my hero and, and all of his memorabilia that needed to be collated and organized for its eventual donation to the Smithsonian. And because it was an egalitarian household, uh, I got to sit at the lunch table regardless of who was coming over or if there was no one there and it was just Groucho and me or Groucho and Nurse and me. Uh, it wasn't as if the help had to eat in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I was there as a fly on the wall and, and often a participatory fly uh, as people would, you know, George Burns came to lunch one day, the doorbell rang, I opened it. And he just said, "Hi, you want to live an old? You want to live a long time? Become an actor. You'll live to be an old man like Groucho and me." Okay, let's eat. And we were off and running. And it was like watching the Sunshine Boys as they compared notes and conflicting memories of where certain vaudeville houses were and who owned them and all this. Just a panorama, plus the uh, historical aspect of it, because Groucho. In addition to being Groucho Marx, he was someone who personally knew W.C. Fields and George Gershwin and Irving Thalberg and James Thurber, these, you know, mythic people 
and also just as a man from 1890, mm-hmm. whose first-hand memories went from before the Wright brothers to after the moon landing, he was just this human time capsule. I asked him once, how far back do you remember? And he said, I guess the Spanish-American War, <laughs> 1898. He was eight years old. Yeah. And, and since he started out as a singer before getting into comedy, he was even on the bill at a special charity performance at the Metropolitan Opera House in New York, and the money went to help victims of the San Francisco earthquake of 1906. So he was just this venerable link to so much history and so much show business history. Steve Stoliar is the author of Raised Eyebrows, My Years Inside Groucho's House, which is available in paperback and as an ebook through our friends at Bear Manor Media. Steve's website, stevestolier.com. Yes, S-T-O-L-I-A-R. If they go to stevestolier.com, if you want to order a signed or personalized copy of the book, uh, you're welcome to do that, and I'll sign it and send it along. Uh, or uh, on Amazon, you can get it in soft cover, hard cover, Kindle. And I also did the audio book, which was quite a task. I mean, it just took hours and hours and hours. But I do all the voices along the way, and I've heard from a number of people who said, I have the book, but listening to the audio book was a different experience because it was like entertainment or a performance as I slipped into and out of the different, the different people. So there's different ways to acquire it if uh, your listeners are so inclined. And I heartily recommend that uh, you either listen to Steve's audio book or, or, or pick up a copy or, or download it onto your Kindle. It's a great read. Thank uh, you. It is a great read. Raised Eyebrows by Steve Stolier. I want to make sure I get your pronunciation. And, and, uh, the, I mean, the people who gave me blurbs for the back of the book, Woody Allen and Steve Allen and Jack Lemmon and Dick Cavett, when I did a, uh, an updated, expanded version of the book in 2012, catching people up on what had happened since the hardcover came out, uh, Woody Allen told a friend of mine, Stolier's book is still the best, most interesting thing written on Groucho, which was very gratifying to hear because that wasn't a, an official blurb. That was just uh, something he had said to a friend of mine. Yeah. So it was very cool that uh, people think, you know, people seem to enjoy. And, and one, of the, one of my favorite compliments is when people say, I hate you. Because <laughs> I would hate me too. Yeah. If I were the, I was the biggest Groucho fan in the world. All I wanted to do was shake his hand, but I knew he was in his 80s and in failing health, and I thought, I, there's no way I'm going to get to meet him. He'll be gone. And if I heard about this kid that got to work inside his house every day, I mean, first, initially it was seven days a week during a summer break of college, I would be so envious. I would meet them and say, I hate you for having had that experience. So I enjoy hearing that. I also enjoy it when people say, you owe me eight hours of sleep. (laughs) I sat down with this and I thought, I'm just going to read to chapter six. And damn you, you make me want to see what's in chapter seven. I mean, I've had considerable experience writing for television. 
and I know about you know having the body fall out of the closet mm-hmm. right before you go into a commercial. Yeah. You have to tune back in to see what happens next. So I tried to write it thinking. Also, I wrote it in small chapters because I know sometimes I'll be reading something and mm-hmm. I'll think, how many more chapters is this, or how many more pages? And I'll flip through and go, oh, I don't want to read 17 more pages. But when it's only four more, you think, okay, I can get to the end of that. And then before you know it, people would say, I, and I finished the book, you know, it just kind of melted uh, in their hands like, not like M and M's. Well, two things: a, you owe me a day because uh, <laughs> <laughs> please choose, please choose wisely. <laughs> but two, you, you you mentioned most of the chapters are very very short vignettes or episodes, you know, right. of of your life uh, in Groucho's house, and in a way, this I I had this effect, you know, in it, it, it's sort of like. Uh, to mix metaphors, reading your book was sort of like binge watching on your life with Groucho because, as as you said, you, you well, I would, like that. Yeah, and you would you would you okay? I'm only going to read a couple of chapters, but I ended up reading ten chapters at a time, and I couldn't wait to go back to it. And uh, and binge reading, yes, <laughs> binge reading. <laughs> oh, that's a nice way of looking at it. That's yeah. true. It's when I catch up with the series, you think, gee, these were. These originally aired a week apart, and people had to wait to see what happens next. Now you can just hit pause and go take a leak and come back and watch the next two weeks' worth in two hours. So, yeah, thank you for saying that. But uh, and, and I also, peop, a lot of people have said, I felt like I was with you, witnessing this with you, which was my intention. Yeah. I sort of wanted to take the reader on a journey, because I really... I had no show business background. I was just this kid from St. Louis that grew up in the San Fernando Valley and had a passion for old movies and old comedies and the Marx Brothers and specifically Groucho. And um, I started a, a petition drive when I was at UCLA to put pressure on Universal to clear the rights to animal crackers, which hadn't been seen in many years. And they didn't think there was any point in shelling out good money for an old black and white comedy. But uh, we showed them that there was a solid audience, and Groucho came to UCLA, and I got to officially meet him. I said, Groucho, I'm very happy to be meeting you after all this time. And he said, well, you should be. (laughs) And uh, Aaron Fleming said, this is Steve Stoliar. He's the one who's trying to get Animal Crackers released. And Groucho said, did you get it? And I said, not yet, but we're working on it. And he said, well, you better or I'll fire you. (laughs) I said, I didn't realize I was working for you. How much are you paying me? And he said, a little less than nothing. So, and then I was rewarded with this astonishing job after the movie did come out. Universal humored us by releasing it in, in one theater in Westwood and one in New York and it was so gratifying, it broke the house record at the UA Westwood that the French Connection had set several years earlier. So we showed them that there was, you know, in this day and age when you have TCM and Blu-rays mm-hmm. and streaming video and all that, you think, well, I don't understand. How could they not have at least put it out? I mean, and then and you have bonus features that have silent movies in them just stuck at the end of DVDs now. But back then, 
it was a big business decision for Universal, and they just thought, no, we want to focus on important films like Airport 75 and Downhill Racer and things like that. No one cares about the Marx Brothers, even though it was one of their most famous films, the one with Groucho being Captain Spaulding. So, yeah, I was just this super lucky kid that landed this job, and I think even if you're not a big Marx Brothers fan, I've heard from people who say, you know, I really didn't know all that much about them, but just the idea of a kid getting to meet his hero mm -hmm. and spend all that time with him, whether it's a sports figure or a politician or an actress or whatever it is, I think people can relate to, you know, who is your hero? What, what would it be like to work in their house and interact with them in a casual way? And and seeing that hero evolve from, you know, that larger-than-life figure that you see on the screen to a human being who allowed you, Steve, to see him as a human being. I mean, even though—and and this goes back to the question I asked you earlier. Yes, there are moments as a reader where it's kind of sad to see bits, you know, Groucho slipping away. But even in those last few years— even uh, one of my favorite parts of the story is even in, in the last hours of his life, he still got off a grouchoism. So even though yeah. his body was failing him, his mind never failed him. Right. Just, just when I would be thinking, well, I guess he's gotten so frail and hazy that witticisms are past him, he would say something and it would be, really gratifying. I mean, he used to love each day I would get the mail and I would sort through it and then put it on his desk and he'd come to the lunch table and sort of review it. So he came to, he loved getting the, the Hollywood trade papers. So he came to the, the table one day and said, wonderful mail you brought me, nothing but requests for money. And I said, but you got a variety, didn't you? And he said, yes, a variety of requests. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I remember one Christmas, uh, he got a tin of candied almonds from Fred Allen's widow, Portland Allen. And as he walked past my room at the house, he said, S uh, send her one of my Christmas cards. And I said, don't, don't you want to say anything personal or special? And he thought a moment, and he said, well, tell her thanks for the nuts. Hope you're the same. <laughs> and then, and even really literally on his deathbed in the hospital, he was sleeping, and the nurse woke him up. Uh, and he said, what do you want? And she said, I want to see if you have a temperature. And he said, don't be silly. Everyone has a temperature. <laughs> Uh, meaning 98.6, of course. Yes. Um, so I think even though the, the, the mechanism that made him this brilliant quipper had, had taken some sledgehammer blows from being in his, in his mid-80s and strokes and hardening of the arteries and all that, there was just a reflex there to take a line and twist it and hand it back to you, and he never lost it all the way up to the end. Steve Stolyer is the author of Raised Eyebrows, My Years Inside Groucho's House, an intimate account of the last three years of comedian 
Groucho Mark. Steve will be back in a few weeks to share a few more memories of his life inside Groucho's house. Among other things, we will talk about the circumstances that led Steve to becoming Groucho's protector over the last few weeks of Groucho's life, a time during which a tumultuous battle was going on over the control of Groucho's estate. That's coming up in a few weeks on TV Confidential. We'll also talk to Steve about collaborating with noted television director Howard Storm on Howard's memoirs, The Imperfect Storm. All that more coming up in a few weeks on TV Confidential. In the meantime, Raised Eyebrows, My Years Inside Groucho's House, is available in hardcover, softcover, and as an ebook through Bear Manor Media. It's also available as an audiobook through Bear Manor Media. If you wish to order an autograph edition, you can do so directly from Steve Stolyer himself at Steve Stolyer, S-T-O-L-I-A-R, Steve Stolyer, dot Greg Airbar will join us for our DVD report next on TV Confidential. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Ed Robertson, author friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series a set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a, little, a thing or two well, about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have, many have happened to me, many have happened to friends of mine. It's not if you're looking for... Valley of the Dolls, it's not, it's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes. 
called The Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle. But fallagainseries.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.